Today on the Daily Gator Daily Thought, we'll look at uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo, the uh, the self-proclaimed, what is it, Cuomo-sexual or whatever the hell he said. An investigation has found that he sexually harassed multiple women. And I've got a little story about sexual harassment, and I need your opinion. Uh, New York City might require vaccination proof if you're going to go to any fitness club or indoor dining establishment. We'll get into that a little bit. See if I support that or not. Here's a hint. I don't. How would a 73-year-old man defend himself against a 41-year-old man? Hmm. Could it be with a gun? And we'll look at a very good piece I found by Pete Ream, a rhyme perhaps. Uh, it's about the Democrats, the pandemic, and their constant pursuit of perpetual power. And we'll get into what I think the key differences is between maybe getting a vaccine and taking the virus seriously, or if it's more about the Democrats trying to find a new way to control you one way or the other, again, for perpetual power. All that may be a little more you never know. Just stick around, friends. It's time to kick this pig. And welcome, my friends, to another edition of the Daily Gator Daily Thought, episode number 97. And for you Florida State folks, that means after today's, just three more will hit the 100 mark. Thank you. I understand you're a Seminole fan. I'm trying to help you. Help me help you. And oh yeah, go Gators. Uh, but let's look at Governor Andrew Cuomo of New York. The, to me, the biggest asshole governor in the, in the union. I'm sure he's got some competition for some Democrats, but he's a very arrogant man. He once said, way back before the pandemic, when he re, his policies at least killed lots and lots of old people for needless stupid reasons. And as he said, they died hit by a car, run over, whatever. Who cares? I died. Nice, Andrew. Very nice. Very sensitive. But he was also famous for saying that if you're a gun owner, you believe in the Second Amendment, you're a big gun rights activist, if you believe abortion's wrong, don't come to New York. We don't want you here. You're not welcome here. I mean, what defines leftist tolerance more than that, my friends? But he has had a, uh, <laughs> he's been probed. And since he wears uh, apparently nipple rings, Maybe he liked being probed. I don't know. Not my business. I do not want to know. For God's sakes, Lottie, if you've got any any video of this, burn it. Don't show it to me. It'll be disgusting. But an investigation, according to the AP, found that Governor Andrew Cuomo sexually harassed multiple women in and out of state government and worked to retaliate against one of his accusers. Uh, New York's Attorney General announced this just uh, just today in a finding that quickly renewed calls for Demo for the Democrats' resignation or impeachment 
the nearly five-month investigation found that Cuomo's administration was, quote, a hostile work environment and was rife with fear and intimidation. The probe, conducted by two outside lawyers, involved interviews with 179 people, including Cuomo's accusers, current and former administration employees, and the governor himself. Uh, employment lawyer Anna Ann Clark led the probe with former U.S. Attorney June Kim, said they found 11 accusers to be credible, noting the allegations were corroborated by varying degrees, including other witnesses and contemporaneous text messages. Oh, those text messages will nail you in the you-know-what if you're not careful. These interviews and pieces of evidence revealed a deeply disturbing yet clear picture. Governor Cuomo sexually harassed current and former state employees in violation of federal and state laws. Uh, New York Attorney General Letitia James said at a press conference again uh, on Tuesday, which is today. So I don't know. It sounds like he actually did harass people. And, and to me, if these things are true, he should resign. In fact, he should have resigned over the killing old people in nursing homes uh, fiasco. But of course, the Biden administration has basically said, yeah, just don't investigate that anymore to the Justice Department. Eh, Mr. Cuomo, he's a buddy of mine. Don't worry about it. What's a few dead old people? What's a few hundred dead old people? Who cares? They're not going to vote for us many more times anyway. And what the hell? If they're dead, we can fake it or something. The fact is, it shows how disgusting the modern-day Democratic Party is in many ways. I don't know how anyone maintains their, their membership in that party. Given the overwhelming, clearly, clearly seen evidence that that party is morally retarded to the core. Now, I've got a little short tale of, of uh, something you don't hear too much. And I, I want to know what your opinion is. I worked for years for a company at the Dallas airport as a bartender. Worked at a couple different different uh, locations, different restaurants. They have franchises in there, of course. And I worked with a certain young lady, absolutely the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life. Incredibly gorgeous. And... Excellent at her job, made a lot of money. She probably made the most money of anybody there because, God, she was hot. And she got away with her yoga pants. And let me tell you what, not everybody is is blessed enough, shall we say, to be an expert at yoga pants. She would have won all the gold medals at yoga pants, been a, an Olympic event. Uh, but she dated another, uh, another employee there, a guy. In fact, she got him hired. I trained him how to bartend. Uh, he was a good student. He learned a lot from me. Of course, I, me. But the thing is that uh, they dated, and we had a good relationship. I always told him, you should get married. And anyway, they, they broke up. It didn't work out. And as soon as that happened, she kind of got a different personality, and she was pretty flirtatious, overtly flirt flirtatious. 
Uh, I mean, she's been a, been a person that always, when she saw me, she'd come hug me. Kind of one of those, put your arm around their shoulders. Kind of not a big deal. Uh, after that happened, the hugs became longer. Sometimes she would like jump on me and hug me. Like I would have to catch her basically. Uh, long hugs, scratching the back, my back, uh, rubbing my shoulders, coming up behind me, scratching my back, rub my shoulders, uh, put her fingers through my hair a few times, that kind of thing. Which I'm looking at this incredibly gorgeous woman who's, you know, close to 20 years younger than me. And I'm thinking, oh God, if only. But because I, I like the guy so much, her ex is a great guy. Uh, one of the best people I've ever known, quite frankly. But because of that and because of the age difference and because her personality was kind of quirky, she would get mad at people very quickly and kind of two weeks later, she's over it. And you didn't know why she was mad. Uh, but she started doing this. And it, it, finally, I got to the point where it was I was going to work uh, as much as I enjoyed it. I realized that she was playing around. She was flirting, this being what she would call friendly. But to me, I was holding everything I wanted in a woman in, in ways. So I just basically stopped doing all that. I would come to work, do my stuff, stake, avoid her as much as I could. And uh, I really just kind of wouldn't even talk to her to a degree. And she got angry with me. And this went on for maybe a year. And finally, I was feeling very guilty for treating her in a way that wasn't fair to her. So I, I tried to explain to her that because I was so attracted to her, it made me, it didn't make me uncomfortable. I enjoyed the physical attention. But when it got to the point where I would be, you know, in the alley in the kitchen where you pick up food, make coffee and tea and stuff like that, she would back up against me with her back to my chest. And when it came to the point one day where I kissed her on the neck and I said, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. And, you know, put my hands up and she said, no, no, I like it. I knew it wasn't going anywhere. So I just, I just wanted it to stop. Well, after our talk, I thought things would be good. It went right back to even more of the same. And I was just tired of it. It got to a point where, you're just teasing me. I don't want to be teased. I don't deserve to be teased. If it look, I almost said to her, I didn't because it's a workplace. I almost said, you know, if you want to go find a hotel room or whatever, and let's work it out, I am more than willing. But, uh, I didn't because I, I finally went to a manager and said, look, I don't know what her problem is. Cause she got mad at me again. I said, I just want her to kind of work with me. Don't argue with me. Don't call me names. I'll, Avoid her as best I can. Just I just I don't know what else to do. So the question was: Was I sexually harassed? Part of the time, I really enjoyed it. I didn't mind the attention of a beautiful woman, but because I knew it would never go anywhere, and I knew that she was displaying, it went from kind of enjoyable to this is just wasting my time and frustrating me. Okay. This is an opportunity to get a smoking hot girlfriend. This is an opportunity to be frustrated all the time. Uh, so was I sexually harassed? That's the question. 
and as far as I know, she still works there after I left. Uh, after 15 years of loyal service, never missed a day. Uh, thanks, guys. Appreciate that. And no, I don't think that has anything to do with it. Uh, I think there was a situation where the owner basically fired everybody, starting with the, the, the first guy who ran all the locations. He went, then the general manager went in my restaurant, and then the second manager went in my restaurant. And a good friend of mine, who another one I talked to Barton, who happens to be Israeli, he told me, he goes, you know, you're going to get, you're going to get it soon. He goes, I won't because I only work here like two days a week. You've been here too long. They're going to, they're going to find a way. I said, you know, I, I get the feeling, but I don't know what I can change. I, I work by all the rules. I don't break any rules. I don't do anything wrong, you know. But eventually they found a little little crappy way to do it. And uh, a lot of people left after that. So uh, good good decision there, Mr. Owner of that establishment. I'm not going to name you. Uh, but you really, really hired a, a go-getter that pissed, and pissed a lot of people into quitting and getting fired eventually. Loyal employees. Way to go, buddy. But anyway, enough of that personal bitterness. Just wanted to ask the question, what do you think? Was that sexual harassment? Should she have been fired or gotten counseling? I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, another little story here about, well, let's go with this one first. It's a self-defense story, and I love self-defense stories because I believe self-defense to be the most essential human right there is. If the government tells you you may not defend your life for the life of your family, friends, or innocent people you happen to be in the vicinity of with deadly force against a bad, evil person, then you have no freedom, ultimately. But 357 Magnum, phenomenal blog, Zendo Deb, this morning put up this story and asked this question. How should a 73-year-old defend himself from a 41-year-old? Then her post begins with the answer, if not with the use of a firearm, that is. In other words, these people like Moms Demand Action and the rest who want to strip you of your right to own guns, what would you look at that 73-year-old and tell them to do? Because I'm going to tell you what, a 73-year-old, average 73-year-old, average 41-year-old, same gender, it's not going to be a fair, fair situation. Uh, probably over 90% of the time. But in Polk County, Florida, uh, a retired police officer shot a man in self-defense. Uh, that's what the county attorney says. A subsequent investigation real revealed that Dwight Taylor, 73, had shot Lamp. That's the, the, the bad guy's last name. Uh, he was such a shining light at one time, but then the lamp went out. Lamp in self-defense. Taylor and Lamp, who were acquaintances, had been drinking when a fight broke out. Police said that Lamp assaulted Taylor and grabbed him by the throat. In other words, he was choking him, apparently. Lamp then refused to leave when asked to do so, and during the second struggle, Taylor shot Lamp. Well, if you're a senior citizen, you're 73, and you have a 41-year-old person who won't leave, keeps assaulting you, you you may 
reasonably, very reasonably, fear for your life. And I would assume this will come out as, as strictly self-defense. And he was a retired police officer. So, but again, as Sendo Deb says on in her in her blog post, any seventy three year old could find himself or herself in the same situation. I think I've told the story before, but my grandmother, my paternal grandmother, uh, my dad worked for the for the GT General Telephone down in Tampa, Florida. So she knew what what vehicles they drove, they what they looked like, how they were painted. So she was at home alone, and as many people did, some still do, uh, they they had no AC. It's summer, it's Florida. They had the, uh, she had, she was home alone, the door open and the screen door shut to let cool air in. There was a nice breeze. But as she's sitting there watching whatever she was on TV, there's a knock at the door. She looks up, there's a man there. He's not dressed in any type of uniform as telephone company employees weren't at that time. Uh, but they had certain tools they usually wore, tool belts and things. And he said he needed to get inside. There's been some phone outages in the area. He needed to get inside to check whatever. Well, she noticed what he was driving was like a some old sedan, basically. Like an old Pontiac or Buick or something. And he wasn't didn't have any of the equipment that the the telephone people repairman usually had and he didn't have any badge on or anything like that with his picture nothing like that so she knew he wasn't with the phone company and she told him i can't let you in my husband's not home i'm not letting you in my phone's working fine i can't help you basically at that point he began to to because the great screen door wasn't exactly the sturdiest thing he began to try to pull at the screen door to get in and my grandmother reached right beside uh, the door there's a little bookshelf there if i remember correctly when i was little and she grabbed my granddad's hunting rifle it was a winchester 30 out six i still have it uh it's in excellent condition but she pulled that rifle out and leveled it at him and guess what Suddenly, there were no phone lines that needed fixing. He was all too happy to go somewhere else and ply his trade. And he left he, pretty quickly. And again, it wouldn't have taken him long to get through that screen door. And my grandmother was a very petite woman. Uh, and she was senior citizen. She was early 70s. And this guy was probably in his 30s. Pretty big guy from what she described. And so he's... He skedaddled, as he used to say, and uh, removed himself from that situation. What would she have done without a firearm? You think he'd have been as scared if she'd have pulled out a knife? Possibly. What if she'd have pulled out some mace? Can of raid? Who knows? But the point is, she saved herself from finding out because of the firearm, the rifle. And he left. And the police were called. I don't remember what happened. If they were found the guy or whatever. But he was not legit. He was looking to get in the house to do whatever. She avoided that. She saved herself from that. Because of a firearm. So if you take firearms from people. 
what would that 70 something year old little little old woman who's maybe five foot one what would she have done against a guy who was from what she described six foot maybe 200 pounds what would she have done probably she would have ended up being a victim of whatever he had in mind does that sound like you're free if you're not able to have a weapon to defend your life then you're not really free a very important lesson, my friends, that is the most important human right there is. And God, please do not ever give it up. It'd be the worst mistake you ever made. Now back to New York City and the story from Microsoft News and the New York Slimes. New York City is going to require vaccination proof your papers, please, for indoor dining and fitness. Now, assuming this means gyms, when they say fitness, who knows? Uh, with Andrew Cuomo as governor of New York, it may be uh, nipple ring competitions or something. Who knows? Yes, he'll, a man will come to your home, take his shirt off, wearing only nipple rings, and then he'll chase you around the desk and threaten you if you report him. Uh, but New York City will become the first U.S. city to require proof a vaccination, again, your papers, please, for a variety of activities for workers and customers. Indoor dining, gyms, and performances, even performances with nipple rings, presumably, to put pressure on people to get vaccinated. Mayor Bill de Blasio, the dumbest mayor in America, announced this Tuesday morning. Well, I think it's if you work in a restaurant business that I did for a long time, there was generally a policy. If you were sick, had the flu or a bad cold and you were contagious, we'll cover your shift. You stay home. We don't want to make any customers sick. We don't want to make your coworkers sick. COVID of course, is a step up from that. So if a business said we're a restaurant, you're handling food, you're around food, you're, you, you're touching plates, utensils, glassware. If you haven't been vaccinated for this, then you cannot work until you get vaccinated. I believe a business has that right. If the business decides it, then the employees can decide what they want to do. The employees have that freedom. The business owner has that freedom. That's very American. You've got a choice. All parties there. But when the state comes in and, and tries to dictate this, no. Uh, same with hospitals. Same with, again, I, I would assume that anyone working in the healthcare industry, walk-in clinic, emergency room, hospital, would, would be vaccinated. I just would assume that. Again, because you don't want to transmit this to any, any of your patients. And again, a private company doing it is far different from a state government, be it city, county, or the state, as in this case, uh, the city, or the federal government especially doing it. I don't think there ever will be a vaccine mandate. I think it is uh, anti-liberty to do such a thing. I think I've been very clear. If you are an adult, and you can decide for yourself and you talk to your doctor and your doctor says, I don't think you'll have a problem. You probably should get vaccinated. 
That would be my recommendation. If we were having a beer together and you asked me, Doug, what do you think I should do? I would say, well, I really think you should uh, write me a check for $10,000. But other than that, go ahead and, and get the vaccine. And it's your business if you do or don't. And it's still your business if your company, a private company, says, here's, here's what we need you to do. We're not going to fire you, but you can't work until you get it. I think it is their right to do that. Some will disagree with me. That's fine. But it gets so much different when the government steps in. It's like, if, again, if, if you tell your employees, don't talk politics at work. We don't want to hear about your cause. We don't hear about your activism. We don't want to hear your opinions. I dealt with that for a long time being a bartender. There were certain people who wanted to come in, wanted to talk politics. And, you know, I would just kind of kind of find something else to do or change the subject. And at times I said, I just, I'm at work. I can't really talk about that. Because I thought it was a professional thing to do. It avoid problems, and there was a policy, and the owner has a policy. You have a, to me, a duty as an employee to follow it. Uh, pretty simple to me. I'm sure some people disagree. That's fine. I love disagreement as long as it doesn't get too nasty, and as long as nipple rings aren't involved. Governor Cuomo, you big pervert. Now let's go to, and this is going to be the final story I talk about. Pete Rhyme, he has a piece out from uh, yesterday, and it's entitled Pursuing Perpetual Power by Means of a Permanent Pandemic. And he starts out with referencing Rahm Emanuel, the former Obama White House Chief of Staff, once famously said, never let a, a good crisis go to waste. Because you get things done that you can't normally get done, is, is how I finish it, to paraphrase. But that corollary to that liberal proverb also is cherished by Democrats, Rhyme writes, is never let go of a crisis. In other words, once you get your teeth into something, you never let it go. And we know the left doesn't ever let anything go. Russia-Trump collusion, it's never going to be. Never, ever going to let go of that. They're never going to let go of their talking points on gun control or the lie that abortion is just a personal choice and women's liberation. They're going to keep telling those lies. They're going to keep telling you that you're less safe when everybody can have a gun. Not everybody, but law-abiding citizens. They're going to tell you that uh, the police are just a phone call away. You don't need a firearm. They're never going to stop telling these lies. They never let it go. Uh, Rhyme continues, after decades of doomsday declarations that have not materialized, Democrats are still screaming climate change will destroy the planet in just a few short years. Despite living in the most racially diverse nation on earth with the most widely distributed prosperity and institutional equality under the law, Democrats are constantly scolding us that systemic racism requires us to dismantle capitalism and our constitutional republic before society's imminent collapse from bigotry. But now Democrats may have found the ultimate crisis. 
one that potentially affects every American. So it's hard to ignore when it's in your face nonstop. Americans haven't noticed any historical aberrations in catastrophic weather events or seen any cities reclaimed by rising sea levels. So they don't pay much attention to all the climate change nonsense. There's a few people that do, but basically nah, most people just whatever, much less monitor the polar ice caps. The vast majority of Americans aren't racist and do not know any racist. So all the BLM burning and looting is just aggravating and perplexing. However, listen closely, my friends, to what he writes. The Chinese virus pandemic has forced almost every American to wear a mask during the last year and a half, and a majority of Americans have at some point been, quote, locked down, and many still can't send their children to school. So nearly every American has been affected by the Chinese virus and therefore been forced to consider it and make choices. Over the past half century, leftists have incrementally made business and life more difficult for Americans with absurd policies and onerous regulations. It's what they're known for, my friends. But he continues, they have always failed to get the average American to embrace their radical socialist dogma. We're too smart for that. But who can oppose public health? Democrats swear there is a distinct danger to you and to your family that left unchecked could result in millions of unnecessary deaths. So it's simply prudent and really your patriotic duty to rally behind the government edicts to save your family and your community by extension. Sure, some of the measures are drastic, but the government is only doing this for, say it with me, folks, your own good. And only, and you only have to give up some rights, again, say it with me, temporarily. The government will certainly restore your rights in due time. Just as the Patriot Act undermined our privacy rights to protect us from terrorists, those rights were... Well, they're forever lost. And so, too, will your individual rights to decide your own health care be lost. Unless stopped now, the pandemic will never end. I think, personally, we're going to have a situation with a second flu-type shot where elderly people and people of in questionable health or pre-existing conditions this year coming up when the flu shots start, I'm going to get it first time in my life because I think it's time for me to start because of health condition. Uh, also because I'm the caregiver for my mother. She can't be, she can't live on her own. So I have to be here. So I have a responsibility to her as well. That's a personal choice. And if the COVID shot ends up being a once a year or two shots per year kind of thing, I want to do that again for the same reasons. But my choice, when you take the your choice or my choice out of it, it becomes dictatorial. It becomes statist. It becomes evil, frankly. Because deciding something for yourself is one thing. Having the government decide it for you, 
No, that's statism. That's not what happens in a constitutional republic where certain rights are enshrined and defended as your personal individual rights, your natural rights. Those two things are at odds, period. And if you can't see the difference, if you're out there saying, well, it's for your own good, you know, in a free society, you ought to be able to do something that isn't good for you. I mean, once you once you get that foot in the door that says, well, it's for your own good, what's to stop big brother, so to speak, from going grocery shopping with you? Uh, had with somebody come in your home and watch you cook, watch the ingredients, watch how much salt you put in things. Looking at uh, what sodas you consume, how much sugar, how much this, how much that. No, that's that's not liberty. And liberty ultimately is what this country is based upon. As Rhyme continues here, he says, it's too delicious for leftists to disrelinquish such awesome, pervasive, and pernicious power. Democrats are drunk with power. I've noticed that from the beginning with lockdowns, everything else. There were certain, like the governor of Michigan, Governor Whitless. Tell me that woman with the crazy eyes didn't scare you because she got off on having this power to say, yeah, Walmart's open, but you can't buy certain things at Walmart. What the hell is the difference? You're telling me I go to Walmart and buy food, I can buy cough medicine, maybe whatever, but I can't buy anything to start a garden or plant new flowers at my home. I can't buy blankets or bedding supplies. Why? Because Governor Whitmer said so. That's not liberty. And when you take people like de Blasio and Cuomo and so many leftists, they do not believe in individual liberty. They oppose. They don't just oppose. They despise the very notion of your individual liberty. The first thing they hate about America are those things. Starting with your right to keep and bear arms, because that defends all the other things you can then choose to do. They don't like self-sufficiency. They don't like you governing yourself. They want to govern you as much as they possibly can. They're collectivists. America is based on individualism. The polar opposite of collectivism is individualism. That's just the way it is. They can tell you what to wear, where you can go, even what you can't say. I remember going back to Michigan with Governor Whitless. You could stay at your home, but you couldn't have any family come stay with you at your home. If you own two properties, you could stay at your home, but you couldn't travel to your other. Maybe you had a vacation home or a summer home, whatever. You couldn't travel to that one. Right here where I live, there were people busted because they went out to uh, state parks and camped or camping out. No one else around them. How the hell are they going to catch COVID there from a raccoon? Completely ridiculous. You can go to Walmart, but you can only buy certain things at Walmarts. You couldn't go to the beach and, and be half a mile from anybody else sitting on a beach in a chair with a cooler of sodas. You couldn't do that, but you could take your butt to Walmart with 800 other people. Did that make any sense? No, it was pernicious. It was just pick and choose. What every little would-be tin pot dictator, like Governor Whitless wanted to be, 
could dictate to you what you could do. That's not liberty. You choosing is you choosing. The government choosing for you? No, that's evil. Think about that. Think about what it means to literally be free. Don't question their pandemic prescriptions, Reimer continues in his piece, or you will be censored, canceled. Facebook, Twitter, anyone, social media. Cracking down on you and what you can say. Shutting down certain websites like Parler and Gab. Think about that. Big tech in bed with big government leads to big statism. That's not good at all. And that trend, should it ever, if it continues, it won't stop. It will never go backwards. It will only go forward. And most disturbing, Reimer continues, they are trying to mandate what treatments are available and force vaccinations on us all. Some in government would. We just covered the city of New York telling that telling you are telling businesses if you're a fitness center, a gym, if you're a restaurant, a dine-in restaurant, then or a, a hall that that holds concerts, things like that, that you don't have the choice as the business owner to dictate your own policies. The government of New York's going to do it for you. And the people going into those places to eat or drink or whatever, it's not their choice either. That's nothing but Big Brother coming in and squashing your liberties. And no one, no one, no one, no one should be okay with that ever. He asked one more question, Reimer does. How is this different from communist China? <laughs> and it's odd that he mentions China. He continues preying on people's fear of death and disease. This scheme is particularly sinister because it targets your most personal individual rights, your health. The incessant pandemic hyperbole is getting into the American psyche. Americans wonder if they even have a choice. You do have a choice. Now, keep in mind, your choice may cost you your very life, but you should have that choice. Absolutely. I don't know if anyone would argue you shouldn't have that choice. Except for leftists, of course, because they're statists. This is an incredible piece, my friends. An incredible, incredible people. And and Reimer says one more thing I must, must mention. He opines, and I think he's correct, when he says it's all an enormous psychological operation to scare Americans into ceding their rights and submitting to government control. Remember, back in February and early March of last year, 2020, Dr. Fauci said healthy folks didn't need masks. We only need to be cautious while the virus runs its course. Then we needed social distancing and maybe masks. Then we only needed 15 days of lockdown to slow the surge and on and on and on. We remember all that. Now, to be fair, I think a lot of that was Doctors trying to, to get, a, get ahead of something and that they didn't understand because we'd never faced this particular virus before. And yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with 
my opinion. Almost certainly a virus that was created in a lab. You can read what you want to into that. Uh, but you should go read the rest of this piece. 19th Ward Chicago has it up. Um, and the title is Forever Pursuing Perpetual Power by Means of Permanent Pandemic. And it has the, the piece by Pete Rhyme uh, at uh, Renew America, which ironically I used to write for years ago when I had I would submit columns like 20 or 30, 25 or 30 sites around the internet, which most of them aren't there now anymore. Uh, but that was one of them before I started a blog uh, because I was getting tired of, of different sites telling me when I should, when I had to submit it and, and I could only submit it to them until this date or that date. And I, my response was basically, you're not paying me. I'm benefiting you with my writing. You think my uh, my column is good enough to carry every week, but you don't think it's good enough to, uh, you know, to pay me for. So uh, there were some problems there and other things. And I just started blogging and now I'm doing this. Life's beautiful. When you have choices, when you have choices and your government doesn't make them for you. Remember that. Remember the difference my friends. Uh, but go check that piece out. It's very important. I think that you read it, pass it around. And if you wish to support this podcast and the delegator.com, the, the blog, you can do it one of two ways. If you want to do a monthly subscription, you go to Anchor. And find the Doug Hagen page, and you go there, and there's a way to set up uh, your donation. And you give a certain amount each month. If you don't want to do that, you don't want to sign up. Uh, I get tired of getting asked to sign up for every damn thing in the in the world. But if you want to give a one-time contribution, or occasionally give, or whatever then you can do that at thedailygator.com. First post has a button at the bottom of it that says buy now, and it's a link to my PayPal page. PayPal page. You can do that. And if you do, thank you very much. And, of course, I'll always take donations secretly in big white manila envelopes underneath the welcome mat on my back porch. And thank you for listening. I do appreciate it. Uh, I want to plan something special for my 100th episode. Uh, I don't know what that'll mean yet. I don't know what it'll mean. Uh, and do hit me up with an email, a comment at the Daily Gator about my, my little personal sexual harassment story. I, I would like to know what people think, uh, because it gives me different perspective, uh, when someone claims sexual harassment and claims it's all about power. Uh, it's not all about power because this person and I were equal people. The person I believe may have harassed me, but we were equal. We couldn't fire each other. We couldn't do any of that. So uh, there was no power struggle there. But anyway, I'd appreciate your comments on that. Thank you for everything, my friends. God bless for listening. Uh, any suggestions for something special on the 100th episode of this podcast? Hit me up with it. Let me know. Uh Maybe I'll just get drunk and do it completely smashed, the 100th podcast. What the heck? Why not?
I tell you why, because that would be irresponsible. Irresponsible podcasting. I don't want to be accused of that. God bless you, my friends. Thank you for listening again. Remember, very important rules of life. First, if you're left, don't even think about being right. Because leftism is just wrong. Number two, God bless America. And number three, always, my friends, so close to college football season now. So close. Go Gators. Y'all have a good week. I'll talk to you in a day, maybe two. You never know. I may show up at your house with a, I don't know, with a plate of deviled eggs or something. And a bottle of Irish whiskey. Now that's a party. But thank you anyway for everything, my friends. The support is great. Keep reading me on Facebook, Twitter. Pass it around. Share it everywhere. I want everybody to get a piece of me, if you know what I'm saying. And no, I will never do this podcast wearing nipple rings like a certain governor of a certain state called New York would. I'm just saying. There's having fun and there's being a pervert like Andrew Cuomo. I won't go there. I've got standards, damn it. Thank you for listening again, my friends. God bless you. Talk to you. Manana.